Welcome to TLPA Fleet Forward, the podcast of the professional for hire transportation industry. TLPA Fleet Forward is brought to you by the Taxi Cab Limousine and Paratransit Association. Learn more about how they can help you grow your fleet at TLPA.org. Find them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at TLPA Tweet. And now, let's get to our show with your host, John Boyd. Hey everybody, John Boyd here, and welcome to TLPA Fleet Forward. My co-host is Stacy Murray. Hey, Stacy. Hi, John. How are you doing today? Doing well. Getting excited for this first edition of the TLPA's podcast. We are very excited about it. It's going to be a great edition. This is our inaugural TLPA Fleet Forward podcast. We've got some great stuff to listen to and some great people to talk with today. First, we're going to be talking with Mike Pinkard, the president of TLPA, about what he's seeing on the ground in Phoenix, Arizona, in the transportation industry. And I'll give you a little bit of a hint. What he's seeing doesn't have a driver. So we're also going to be talking with him about what TLPA is doing to move the association forward in the coming years. And then later on, we're going to be chatting with Susan Shaheen from UC Berkeley. She's an expert in all things transportation, and we're going to pick her brain about what she sees will be happening to the industry in the very near future. But first, there's a lot happening in the news these days. So Stacy, I know that you follow this stuff very, very closely. What are some of the big stories that you're seeing these days? You know, it's interesting you mentioned Mike, and we're going to be talking with him in the first part of the show. And it's being reported that Uber is now sending self-driving trucks on delivery runs across Arizona. Now, there is a driver riding along, but that driver doesn't actually do the driving. That's not the only big news coming out of Arizona, sort of in the same vein. The governor has issued a new executive order recently that makes it official Fully driverless cars without anyone behind the wheel are allowed to operate on public roads, though there has been testing on the public roads in Arizona, as we've seen over the last few months. The governor's order has now codified that state's policy, so it's official. It is legal in the state of Arizona. Also, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about automation and the transportation industry in this podcast, but here's a super fun story. I love super fun stories. Lay it on me. What do you got? Houston Police Department is painting one of their vehicles so it looks like it's half taxi. So you're driving down the road and you see this vehicle that says Houston Police Department on the side, but I believe it's the front half is painted like a police car and the second half is painted like a taxi. It's been all over social media because people are asking, is this real? Is this a real police car? And it definitely is. The department is doing this because they want to raise awareness about drunk driving as a part of their campaign, Choose Your Ride. Get it? Choose Your Ride. You can choose to ride with a taxi when you've been drinking, or you will end up in the back of a police car. Those are great. I've seen one of those last year in Denver at the TLPA annual convention. There was a host operator tour. It was Metro Taxi, now called Metro Transportation in Denver. And there was a police officer there who was uh, kind of demonstrating, if you will, or showing off one of those cars. I think it's a fantastic visual reminder. It's a great campaign that they do. So I'm glad to see that the Houston Police Department is doing that as well. That's very cool. It's sort of a funny story amidst all this talk that we're going to have about the future. So really sort of appreciated seeing that in the news feed. Well, that sounds good. I think with that, we can get started and get into our show for today.
Welcome back to TLPA Fleet Forward. Our first guest in this edition of TLPA Fleet Forward is none other than current TLPA president, Mike Pinkert. Mike, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, John. It's great to be here. I look forward to our discussion. Mike is the CEO of Total Transit, although they've just recently rebranded, and we're going to be talking about that in a second. His company is operating in Phoenix and in the Phoenix metro areas. Mike, tell us about the rebranding that your company just went through. What's the new name of the company? Sure. It might make sense for me to maybe go back three or four years, John, and just kind of walk through a progression of where we were and kind of where total transit originated and then kind of walk through to current day and where we're at now. For some of the listeners and those that are active in the TLPA, they're probably familiar with total transit. And historically, total transit was an operating entity, and we actually operated three separate and distinct divisions within the total transit brand. We had what we considered our private transportation division, which was the traditional taxi cab NEMT services that we had provided through our discount cab fleet and our other NEMT fleets that we operated. And at our peak, we were operating about 1,300 taxi cabs throughout the state of Arizona and had the largest Prius fleet in North America at the time. In addition, to the private transportation fleet, we also had public transit division, which did fixed route and uh, paratransit work for transit agencies in the Southwest. And then we had a third division, which was our NEMT brokerage division, which provided transportation brokerage services in the Medicaid space primarily. As we had, frankly, the revolution, if you will, from TNCs are created by TNCs and ride sharing. We being in a very deregulated market, probably the most deregulated market in the country, uh, saw the impact of that probably earlier on than, than some other markets. And we frankly felt that it was imperative that we change our business model away from a traditional fixed fleet type of model, hard asset type of model to more of what we considered a virtual or asset light model and put ourselves in a position to compete with the TNCs. So... In 2015, right after the state of Arizona had really finalized its regulatory framework and we had some regulatory clarity, we restructured the company and Total Transit was turned into a holding company and we created two separate and distinct operating companies, one which is now called Total Ride, the other which is called Veo. And Veo is effectively a TNC, if you will, for the Medicaid brokerage space. So we took our technology platform that we had developed internally and combined that with our previous transportation management book of business or revenue base, and we created the first TNC in the NEMT brokerage space. Then we left our other legacy businesses in the total transit enterprises entity, if you will. And the intent there was to transition our previous private transportation business, our cab business and our NEMT business into a true TNC. 
And so as a result of that, we then renamed Total Transit Enterprises Total Ride. And Total Ride operates on a backbone, if you will, of a TNC platform. And you can order a taxi cab. You can order a ride-sharing economy vehicle. You can order an accessible vehicle. You can order an SUV or, or virtually any type of, of transportation service uh, that you're looking for through the Total Ride platform. So we're excited about it. We're, you know, probably halfway through that transition and are really looking forward to broadening the horizons there as we move forward. Phoenix seems to be becoming an innovation hub for the transportation industry, very much like Silicon Valley is for the tech industry. From the ground there, do you feel that the city really is this innovation hub? Well, it's a great question, number one. And I think there's a number of things that that probably make Arizona and probably Phoenix specifically an attractive place to test and evolve autonomous technology. And the first one being the regulatory framework. Again, Arizona has long been a deregulated market. And so anybody coming in that wants to get into that space and, you know, rapidly ramp up their technology, you know, doesn't have to deal with the regulatory barriers that they would have, you know, in other parts of the country. In addition to that, we obviously have weather that is is very favorable for testing vehicles year round. We have, you know, lots of different geographies that vehicles can be moved into, you know, in a very controlled environment. So I think that's, you know, very attractive as well. And then when you look at the employee base and the talent that's being created through ASU, U of A and the other universities cities around the, the state, there's been a great deal of emphasis on, you know, developing technology resources and talent and skills. So I think those three things kind of come together and make a real attractive environment for people that want to do that. Relative to what's happening on the ground, it's it's very, very interesting. I mean, we see, we have both Uber and Waymo that are testing and have been testing autonomous technology for quite some time. You see their vehicles I see them daily. Literally, Waymo has vehicles down in the area that I live in, and I virtually not a day goes by that I don't see one of their vehicles moving down the road or on the freeway or without any driver or somebody in the passenger seat ready to take over. Or how does that work? They actually began testing autonomous vehicles with the attendant, right? in the back seat of the vehicle. They started that in September. It's a very limited test base. So I frankly have not seen one of those vehicles with the attendant in the back, but I do see drivers behind the wheel that are not interacting with the vehicle in any, any way. They're just simply there to react, obviously, if there was some kind of a challenge or conflict in, in how the vehicle was handling a particular situation. So, but they are there. Waymo has basically signed up a number of volunteer passengers to test what they are considering their commercial application for an autonomous vehicle. And they've recently announced plans to to be the first to roll out a fully autonomous ride-sharing service. So it's it's both exciting, but there's also some you know anxiety that goes away around with trying to stay on top of what's going on and understand the impacts and, and whatnot. It's an ex- certainly an exciting time to be in the people transportation space and certainly here in Phoenix. Can you give us a sense of what is TLPA working on right now that is going to help the industry and the association continue to move forward? I mean, our industry has obviously gone through upheaval, if you will, and you add to that the rapidly developing 
autonomous technology and artificial intelligence and drones and all the other, you know, fun and exciting things that are out there. And you kind of have this, you know, really interesting mix of, you know, innovations coming together at the same time. And so really our challenge, you know, as an association and as individual companies is to to try and understand as best we can where those different paths are going and at what point they cross and, and frankly, how do our individual companies and how does our association evolve to best not only participate in that transition, but to help obviously get a seat at the table and, and drive that change and move all of us into the next generation or the next iteration of, if you will, of, you know, people transportation. I mean, the first thing is, is we're in the middle of completely redesigning and developing a completely new and forward-looking strategic plan for the TLPA. And, you know, that process has been underway now for a couple of months and the process, you know, is going to involve some, you know, visioning exercises and, and trying to explore and understand exactly, you know, what the future of transportation looks like, as well as kind of coming together and saying, how can our members best take advantage of those things? And what can the TLPA do to help facilitate that process and facilitate that transition? So that's one piece of it. You know, to round things out, we're also looking at restructuring the TLPA to better support the strategic vision and direction of the association. And then lastly, a total rebranding of itself and, you know, helps move the association and our members in the right direction moving forward is kind of the last leg of that stool. So we'll certainly continue to solicit their deep involvement as we move forward. The spring conference for TLPA is happening in Oklahoma City. What are you looking forward to and what would you tell people who are considering going? Yeah, I would say there's never been a more important time for our members and, and folks in our industry to be engaged. Change is happening so rapidly and it's critical everybody that's in this space has a seat at the table, that they have an understanding of what's going on, that they have access to changing environments and frankly, that they have a voice, if you will, to you know share their interests, share their desires, share their input and, and ideas about the direction of this industry as we work through this, you know, really exciting time. I couldn't do more to encourage people to participate. We need now more than ever the input from, you know, all the various interests within our industry. And, you know, I can't emphasize enough the importance of, of everyone's attendance at the conference in Oklahoma City. Well, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Mike. I think it's going to be a great conference. I've always found that these are amazing places where you really have a front row seat to everything and everybody. I mean, you're the president of, and not just of TLPA, but you know, you are the CEO of a major transportation company. But you know, anybody who comes to that conference, they can walk right up to you and they can pick your brain. They can ask you questions. And that's unusual, I think. The level of help and camaraderie that really happens at these conferences is pretty amazing. So I couldn't agree more, John. And I think just as importantly, I can go pick everybody else's brain as well. That's one of the beauties of, of this industry and something that has made us who we are for a number of years, right? It's a, a very decentralized space. There's lots of, of very passionate and innovative individuals, you know, that have been in this industry for many, many years and conferences just 
provide a great place to network, a great place to share and exchange ideas and, you know, provide new and, and gain new and interesting ways of approaching the business. So it's truly a great place for people to be engaged. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you out there and all the members out there in Oklahoma City. That's going to be April 10th to the 12th. You can go to tlpa.org and you can find out all the conference info, hotel reservations. You can sign up for it. So it's a great chance to do so. Thanks so much, Mike, for coming on the show. And thank you for all of your insights. We really appreciated it. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me. And we'll look forward to seeing you in Oklahoma City. Great. That was Mike Pinkard, the current TLPA president and the CEO of Total Ride in Phoenix, Arizona. Mike, thanks so much. And stay tuned for the next half of TLPA Fleet Forward, where we will be continuing our discussion on innovations in the for hire transportation industry. everyone. This is Stacy Murray. Welcome back to the podcast. Our next guest is Susan Shaheen, an adjunct professor of civil and environmental engineering from the University of California, Berkeley, where she is the co-director of the Transportation Sustainability Research Center at the Institute of Transportation Studies. Susan is an expert in the transportation industry and has authored more than 150 journal articles and reports. Her research on car sharing, smart parking, and older mobility has won national awards. In short, She's an incredible resource for the transportation industry, and we're lucky to have her chatting with us today. Susan, thanks for joining. Thanks for inviting me. First question here. I read your piece called The Seismic Shift about how transportation is going to change. And so let's start with the obvious. How is transportation going to change in the next 20 years? Well, transportation is going to change a lot, and we've already had some indications of that. And a lot of that change has been foreshadowed by the smartphone. And since about 2010 in transportation, what we've seen is a lot of innovation that has been driven by that connectivity and IT capability. And that comes to us in the form of apps like Uber or Lyft, for example, that a lot of people are familiar with. It also comes in in the way of, you know, e-hail taxi apps. But we also see them used for sensing and to collect data about people's travel patterns. So it's not just a tool that we use to make it easier for people to get around. It's also a tool we can use to understand better how people move around and potentially how to ultimately affect that behavior and to better serve people. And that's just one element of this seismic shift. We also have seen a lot of technological development in the area of automation and artificial intelligence or machine learning. And there's a lot of investment, just like there is in the transportation app space, in ultimately automating cars. And one of the other areas of seismic shift, it's been with us for quite a while, so is isn't quite as perhaps disruptive to hear about, is the electrification of the transportation system. And states like California have been leading the way through regulations to bring about a shift in propulsion systems and ultimately the way we're going to drive in the future. Stay tuned as we see... <laughs> all of these innovations converging to potentially create a very different set of choices for everything from goods delivery to personal travel in the very near future and into the longer term future. Most of our listeners are fleet operators in the industry. 
if you were helping them plan for the next 10, 20 years, what would you tell them? Well, I would say the time has come for more logistics and fleet management and innovation in that space than ever before. Really, a shared mobility expert is a logistics expert and a fleet expert. That's that's a big part of, of what I've had to learn about in studying these modes because if they're privately owned or part of a business-to-consumer fleet versus a peer-to-peer based fleet, they still need to be operated and deployed and maximized in a way that makes sense economically, but also delivers societal benefits. And all of these technologies I mentioned previously, the smartphone, the sensing, the electronic communication systems, the robotics or automation technology, and the electric drive technologies like hydrogen vehicles, electric vehicles, plug-in vehicles, All of these types of systems, right, are all going to be integrated into fleets in the future. And many of the fleet operators are already bringing in hybrid vehicles, gasoline electric hybrid vehicles, plug-in vehicles, many, many types of alternative fuel vehicles already into their fleets. Taxis are using e-hail technology more and more, GPS tracking, and all of these types of technologies into their fleets. And I would imagine in the future, We'll also be seeing the introduction of more automated technologies into their fleets if they're not already experimenting with these systems now. But I think there's also this opportunity for fleet operators to see a notable market shift, meaning that more people are interested in being part of a subscription service or a variable cost-based service and less interested in owning multiple cars. So in the future, what we might see is households maybe still own a car and maybe it's a privately owned automated car that's sometimes shared, but there will likely be more demand for fleet-based services. And again, those can take different forms. They can be peer-to-peer based, so a privately owned car going into a shared fleet logistics operation or a business-to-consumer owned fleet or even a combination of both. In fact, we see this in car sharing, that there are a number of operations that exist today that are a hybrid of both peer-to-peer based models and business-to-consumer models. But I think it's an exciting time for people who are in fleet logistics and and operate these types of services today. Yeah, that's fascinating. Sort of kind of leads into our next question. What are you working on next? (laughs) We're working on a lot of exciting things. So our portfolio ranges from researching all of the shared modes, everything from car sharing, and there's a lot of different forms of car sharing. There's one-way car sharing, there's peer-to-peer car sharing, there's even fractional ownership of car sharing vehicles, and there's the more traditional round-trip model that can be deployed at college campuses, governmental fleets, neighborhoods, apartment complexes. So we're working on research there. We're moving into dockless bike sharing research, electric bicycle sharing research. We're actively studying both Uber and Lyft with the Natural Resources Defense Council. Stay tuned for that study's release sometime this spring. And we're still pretty deeply steeped in carpooling research. So we're working in many of those areas. We're also working on shared automated vehicles And we're starting to work on drones and vertical takeoff and landing vehicles. So imagine a robo-taxi. Our research is pretty exciting these days, and we'll be releasing another study soon in concert with the California Department of Transportation 
which is a future of mobility white paper, which talks about a lot of the different things that can be happening, not just in passenger travel, but in commercial travel and in goods delivery and what we could be thinking is coming online between now and 2050. Well, I just want to say I am 100% sure that when you said the word robo-taxi, John Boyd's ears popped up. (laughs) You know me well, Stacey. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) Big fan of the robo-taxi. I want to be the first passenger. Yeah. Yeah, robo taxis. There's there's a lot of interesting research going on, and and we are doing quite a bit in that space. And looking at cities in China where the scale of taxi deployment is really quite large, and we've been able to get a number of data sets from mega cities in China in which to do our modeling of these systems and to look at both concurrent sharing, sequential sharing, and I can define those for you in a minute, but also if they're electrified or not electrified and if they're automated or partially automated and how those robo-taxis would work and how we might ultimately transition into you know, a fully automated uh, robo-taxi fleet. So lots of exciting work to do from a research standpoint. And to just get back to the idea of sequential sharing versus concurrent sharing. So concurrent sharing would be the idea of like taxi splitting. So the idea that two unrelated passengers could be in the same taxi ride, reducing uh, the number of taxis needed for that single trip uh, and creating a whole set of efficiencies from the cost to the traveler, possibly the, the travel time itself, because there's less taxis taking just one person and fuel benefits and emission benefits. And then there's also sequential sharing, which is kind of how taxis work today, right? Where it's a more of a single passenger trip. It might have a few people in it, but it's requested by one individual and then picks up the next passenger. So we're looking at you know, both the pooled taxi ride and the more traditional type of taxi ride in this robo-taxi world. I really think we could pepper you with questions all day. <laughs> But we will sort of let you move on to your research. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Susan. This is Susan Shaheen of the Transportation Sustainability Research Center at UC Berkeley. So thank you again, Susan. We really appreciated getting your insight today. Thanks for checking in. I'd love to talk to you guys again in the future. I think that we would all love that. Well, you know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the TLPA Fleet Forward podcast, brought to you by the Taxi Cab, Limousine, and Paratransit Association. If you are a transportation fleet owner and you are not yet a member of TLPA, what are you waiting for? Find out how TLPA can help you grow your fleet at tlpa.org. Email us at info at tlpa.org. Find us on Facebook at TLPA and follow us on Twitter at TLPA Tweet. Our podcast co-host and producer is Stacey Murray. Our assistant producer and researcher is Max Janurka. And I'm your host, John Boyd. Until next time, let's keep those fleets moving forward, everybody. Mm-hmm.